0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rhinoceros. I'm your host, Eric Skruala.
1: My first on-screen, my first on-camera performance was a political commercial. They had me washing a car and talking straight to the camera with a loving smirk, a loving annoyance of a teenage son, uh, talking about how cheap my dad was.
0: That's actor Kelly O'Coyne. Fans of Showtime's Billions will recognize Kelly as Dollar Bill Stern. The TV ad that Kelly was talking about in the clip was for his dad, Les O'Coyne. In 1974, Les O'Coyne became the first Democrat ever elected to the House of Representatives from the 1st District of Oregon. He would serve 18 years. Kelly joined me and my co-host Joe Luciano to talk politics, art, and current events. We even found a few minutes to talk about the NBA. More from Kelly in a moment. When we become fans of an actor like Kelly or a sports figure like Dame Lillard, we have an extremely limited view of who they are as people. To most people, Kelly is just Dollar Bill or Pastor Tim or one of the other characters he's played over time. It becomes easy to forget then that the people we become fans of have, have lives outside of their work, that they're people, that, that they have opinions on what's happening in the world. You ever wondered what it would be like to just hang out with, you know, an actor or a sports figure or a fan of, to, to get to know them outside of their work? Well, I actually think this episode is kind of an example of what that would be like, so I uh, hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome to today's show. Really happy today to be joined by uh, Kelly O'Coin. You may know him as Dollar Bill on Showtime's Billions, or you may have seen him on uh, The Americans as Pastor Tim. Kelly, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Good. And as always I'm joined by my good good friend Joe Luciano from somewhere in his garage. Deep, deep in my garage. Deep. Garage. <laughs> Joe, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing so, well. if you don't know Kelly from either of those two shows, I just have to say you're watching the wrong television. Um, <laughs> because both of those shows are absolutely excellent. And I like to say Joe, when I when I describe Kelly, Kelly Kelly's such a good actor at playing a bunch of different roles. You know his two roles on on Billions and, and and The Americans couldn't be more different. He reminds me of um of Brian Cranston, uh you know, and the number of the number of roles that Brian Cranston had. And you'd say to somebody, "Oh, you know that character? That was Brian Cranston." Right. I'd go, no, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kelly is of that caliber, and and I think that's that's where his career ought to go at some point. But uh, oh, you had me
1: at hello, my friend. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> we take no, I mean, PayPal I... and Venmo. <laughs> Listen, um, no, that's high praise, and I uh, there are a couple things about his career that 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 I, I really admire. One is first, well, he's insanely talented, and he does stage and film and TV, which I try to do as well. Um, the other is, like you say, he can do a lot of different things. The first thing I saw him in was Malcolm in the Middle, which was this goofy, um, certainly not serious, in- incredibly intelligent uh, meth. Uh, Met uh, <laughs> maker dealer um and yeah, and and he also he just had staying power. he, he felt like the type of actor I've always wanted to be, which is someone who wasn't necessarily looking for fame, he just wanted to he wanted to make a living acting and do his best, and he was fucking great yeah and um, and things just started to happen in a certain way, hit in a certain way, and he became a superstar, but even if they hadn't, he still would be that guy. oh my God, that guy, yeah, I've always yeah, wanted yeah. to be that guy. You right.
0: know, yeah, it always it always uh, surprises people. And I tell them Walter White was also Doctor Tim Watley. That that's the same person. Like, no, Tim come Wally, on. That? was that from, from was that in the middle. No, that was Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> he was Tim Watley on Seinfeld. <laughs> that's right.
1: He was uh, the dentist.
0: The dentist.
1: That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, oh, I forgot. Yeah, he was a comedic actor. I mean, or at least that's what he got pigeonholed in. I don't know his early career. I'm sure he was doing lots of stuff before that, at least on stage. But he he was he was doing comedy. That's how he got known. And uh, and then all of a sudden, it's Breaking Bad. I Breaking mean, Bad.
0: Can, I know. Yeah. Wow,
1: character. And I speaking mean, of which, crossover. Uh, David Costable, who plays Wags on our show. Yeah. This speaking of guys who are chameleon, <clears throat> who can do a variety of roles and be chameleons. Um, he is the one of the greatest libertine figures I've ever seen on TV in, uh, in billions, <laughs> and plays. Gail Boddicker on Breaking Bad, you know, the tea-loving, <laughs> yeah. meek sort of uh, li- the HMS pinafore listening um, uh, <laughs> meth cooker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I always, I always celebrate Brian <clears throat> Cranston for being able to back-to-back years bring depth to a role in Trumbo as the lead mm-hmm. and also in the movie Godzilla. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, that's like, that's like versatility.
1: I didn't see either of those. Should Uh, I see Trumbo?
2: You should. You should. Exceptional performance. Weirdly see You should see Godzilla as well. Another exceptional (laughs) performance. Was this the latest Godzilla? Was he
1: the good guy? Yeah. Okay. Then I did see him and I've just forgotten. I'm sorry, Brian. Um, uh, but, uh, oddly enough, Trumbo just came across my, my Netflix. You should see this, uh, Q- last night. So coincidence. Go. No,
0: I don't, I think, don't so. think so. No, Karma. We, Karma you in advance,
1: Karma. Really. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God. You're in my computers.
2: <laughs> We're you're in my Roku. <laughs> the chip is working. So guys, I don't know if you saw,
0: um, in the last several days, uh, the president issuing an executive order. I don't even know what it was about because, frankly, at this point, I don't even read them. But the idea of an executive order that was completely worthless felt kind of interesting to me. So I thought we could come up with a couple of executive orders that he should have issued. So, for example, I think that Trump should issue an executive order banning the phrase, a few bad apples. (laughs) I am tired of hearing the phrase, a few bad apples, uh, which is something I think we've heard a lot in the last few days. Right, um, you know, with, with George Floyd and, and, uh-huh. um, and police and, ah, it's just a few bad apples Right, because the problem is much bigger than that guys. You know, it's, it's, it. the perpetrators may be a few bad apples, but there are systemic issues that need to be addressed. So that was my number one. What do you think of that one? No more, a few bad apples.
1: It's good. I, uh, I mean, you got me thinking because I've heard the phrase a few bad actors, um, yeah. Which is personally offensive, um, but uh, used in that same in that same manner, and it uh, it's too easy. It's too easy just to be able to say it's it's you know along the lines of well no one, not a single person who we arrested last night was from in state, <laughs> or in the city. It's like yeah, you know, fuck you. That's not. It's just it's easy. It's it's easy, and it ignores it ignores the, 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 the complexity of any issue just to be able to reduce it to some little catchphrase like that, but it's easy. And that's, and that's what they want when they're on camera. Well, it's, when a, it's, a, it's they a great want pivot
0: in. phrase, right? Hey, it's just a few bad apples. We need to root out this and it's, but it's really a few bad apples.
1: It's a good pivot yes. phrase. And it also is a phrase that, that at least in a lot of cases can be, and it's lazy reporters too. It's like, okay, well that's my tagline. So it yeah. can be a cutoff. Right. So it's not even pivoting to something, uh, something else that might be potentially interesting. It's actually just cutting it off, you know. Yeah. Um, well, let,
2: let, let's get in a room. Let's imagine a room full of 100 Americans from across the country. So the president says, a few bad apples. How many of those folks in the room raise their hand and go, yeah, that's true. A few bad apples.
1: <laughs> How many admitted themselves?
2: Where where are we getting the uh, hundred Americans from? Well, yeah, let let's let's do kind of a I think it's more ones.
1: likely i think sorry, go ahead.
2: No, no, go for
1: it. I well I think it's more likely that they start pointing at other people. That one. That one is Yeah. 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 I don't think I don't think any it's one of the problems with uh I'm sure this isn't across the board, but it certainly is uh in, in many, many circles is that no one thinks they're a bad apple. No one thinks they're wrong. No one thinks they can be wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um yeah. So, yeah, because I wonder if the tagline after that is there are a few bad apples, but that's not you and I, is it right? Yeah. 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 That's
0: exactly yeah. what I was thinking, Joe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is a few bad apples, but I'm not one of them. Yeah. yeah. And neither are you. Neither <coughs> is my friend. Yeah. And you know who you are. Right. <laughs> or who you aren't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now another one, yeah. and these, I, you oh, know, yeah. it's funny cause these all came out now that I'm looking at them all exactly in the same vein. Because uh, I think we could we could ban the term hearts and uh, – sorry. Uh, I don't even know what the hell I just wrote here. Hearts and minds? I said hearts and prayers. I, what does hearts and oh. prayers mean?
1: Oh, um, uh, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers.
0: Yeah. I said hearts oh, and yeah. prayers. It's yeah, about as prayers. meaningful as the real
1: phrase, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> hearts and prayers. <laughs> At least it would be something new. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers has to go.
0: These are, you know, these are the same, I mean, and it's for the same reason, right? It's, it's a way to say, oh, you know, I'm offering thoughts and prayers, but then I'm going to give you some drivel for two minutes and move on and hope you didn't notice.
1: It's, Mm -hmm. it's, and it it also allows you to say, this isn't the time I'm trying to pray. This is a solemn moment. I'm giving thoughts and prayers and you want to politicize this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, that's which, definitely which,
0: another one. That's definitely another one. Like, oh, now is not the time to be addressing yeah, these kinds of things. That's
1: what I would give it. It's up.
0: disrespectful. It's disrespectful.
1: I even have, look, like, I, 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 so everyone's going to learn my political leanings. I mean, after every mass shooting, it's not the time to talk. It's not right. the time. Right now, when everyone's actually paying attention, it's not the time. And um, and I've even had less now, but back around the time of Columbine, I remember um, there were even like-minded political people who were basically had the same leanings as I do, saying this isn't the time. Let's give it some time. People got to heal, and that's it's it's a built-in excuse for inaction. Because when I mean, when is the time to talk about something like that? You know, people got to right. heal right now and people want to forget about it in, in a week. And you're just the one rattling your saber.
2: Well, that hey, time was, never comes. It never arrives, does it? Never. Yeah, you know, I never. always think that that's, I, I think that I always thought that that was a kind of form of tyranny. You know, there, there's a tyrannical approach to say, I'll determine the appropriate time to have a dialogue on something. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Yeah, it's it's a kind of it's like a hostage taking approach. You know, I'm I'm going to hold this conversation hostage, and I'll let you in at the appropriate time that it's okay to talk about it, which I hope will be never. Right, which turns <laughs> out to be never. Time and service, which turns out, yeah, turns
1: out to be never. <clears throat> it always turns out to be never.
2: Uh, but you know what which is
1: it, exactly what they want. It is tyranny.
2: You, you know, Eric, when you asked the question about executive order, I immediately thought of out of the three of us, there's only one of us who actually played the role of a presidential candidate, I think on radio, if I remember correctly <laughs> from an NPR show called the planet. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. a, oh, money. Well, um,
1: God did, I, I guess I did. I forgot about that. I did. Uh, I played a political candidate, an undefined political candidate on, um, an NP, uh, a PBS, uh, maybe it was produced by NPR, but it was a, there was a video and they posted it. I guess that was, Anyway, advocating, they had they had economists come up with plans that would that they all deemed across the spectrum, the uh, ideological spectrum, plans that they deemed would actually fix the United States economy, make everyone better, but completely un- politically unpalatable ideas. <laughs> and so they're like, just to drive home what these ideas are, let's put it, let's let's uh, let's direct two different uh, little political commercials, and I was the political candidate. And it was fascinating. It was like it, it was. There were a lot of things that that I certainly my knee jerk reaction is I, I would not like either. But yeah, I got to. That was my big my big political moment. My big so do you, shining political moment.
2: Did you, you have like a memory cell that gets activated when you heard Bernie on the campaign trail or AOC? Did, did any of those things actually coalesce to what you were doing back in I guess it was 2012 when you were doing that NPR event?
1: I mean, do you mean just to, did I did I have flashbacks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was you know it was it was a very different thing. I mean, we knew what we were doing, and we knew that we were we were mimicking a style. So no, not exactly. When I, but when I what I did sort of channel was my dad, uh, who uh, was a, a United States representative for eighteen years in the seventies through early nineties. And a state representative before that, so I heard him give a lot of political speeches, and I saw him make a lot of his commercials. Um, so there was a there was a there was a cadence that uh, that I was enjoying remembering him do, and not mimicking exactly, but just like honoring <laughs>
0: <Huh>. <laughs> an homage,
1: yeah, an homage, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there was a time when I did a play where my character ran for office, and there was a speech I gave him um my dad saw it and he, he, he later at night he said i don't i uh, i'm embarrassed to ask this because i don't want you to think i'm making this about me or anything but <laughs> did you were you doing me a little bit and i was like yeah i was <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of it's kind of an honor it's nice to have my work recognized right yeah uh the fact that he that he he saw that
2: <laughs> now wasn't it in one of your dad's commercials that you were you know your first performance <laughs>
1: My first on-screen, my first yeah. on-camera performance was a political commercial. They had me washing a car and talking straight to the camera with a loving smirk, loving annoyance of a teenage son, uh, talking about how cheap my dad was. Because, you know, he's, <laughs> he's a liberal Democrat. So the liberal Democrats were always being tagged as big spenders. How ironic is that nowadays? Um, and, uh, and so that was like, I, I think the tagline was, and I, I mean they kept looking for a better line but they ended up just keeping it because they said they liked it but the, the tagline was don't get me wrong i love the guy but it's just well have you ever oh have you ever tried discount chewing gum you know that kind of <laughs> stuff <laughs> and like, if, when my dad drives by uh whenever my dad goes to the gas station he asked for uh, and sees a sign for free air. He asked for an extra five pounds or something you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And it was really sweet. And um, so it was. Yeah, I think I still have the. I think I just found the the videotape. And I wonder if it's decimated because it would be fun to try like to digitize that and see how bad I was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got your early start.
1: I did. I owe it to my dad. Yeah. I know.
0: Um, so I got one other. I'm going to skip one.
1: I got one too. When you're done, you got
0: one. Okay, why don't you go?
1: Uh, this is this. I don't know. You can't really, if with the Trump administration, all bets are off. So I'm going to say he can. It's a targeted executive order aimed at one person. Susan Collins is banned from using the term, the word disappointed, Excellent. and the word concerned.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I think she might be banned, you know, if uh, if people in Maine are lucky enough in a few months. Yeah,
1: right? she can still say it, but then no one will give a fuck.
2: Right. Yeah. I'll throw in the word troubled. I'm disappointed, oh, good. concerned, good. and troubled.
1: Yes. I'm troubled. Yeah. Yeah. In any, a, yeah. In
2: any combination.
1: Yeah. In any combination. In any form. Just, she can't even, yeah, she can't use that term. It's just, that's another, It's it's different because it's not keeping you from saying something, so it's not tyrannical in that way, but it certainly is, it, it lets her, she's letting herself off the hook. Mm. Fortunately, people are, are onto it, hopefully enough to vote her out of office. But it's just, that is the worst, that is the worst kind of bullshit. Pretending that you're, like that you, you get to say you're worried, you get to pretend that you give a fuck, and then, and you don't have to do anything. Yeah. I, I registered my concern, and then you
0: throw up your hands while I'm. on. Throw alive. up your
1: hands. I, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? Well, right. you know, vote to remove. But uh, anyway, that would That's be a my target. I'll endorse
0: death. that. And like I said, you know, these have, I think, just as 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 much force of law as what he actually signed. So uh, I say bring it on. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I wanted to also ban the phrase. I'm going to see, I was going to drop it. And now I'm going to bring it back. I also want to ban the phrase a return to normalcy oh, because, you know, A, it's just, A, it's not happening, yeah. and, and B, it's also not what we need,
1: you know? And who defines what normalcy was? The winners. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, that it reeks of its mourning in America, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's we got to go back to a law and order society. We got it's we got to go back to the good old days when, you know, when when women knew who they were and men tilled the fields and it's like, yeah. yeah,
0: whatever whatever the men did,
1: whatever the men decided <laughs> they wanted to do. <sighs> no, it's a good one.
0: And the last one I have, and you guys can pop up with any others you have got. I I don't want any more reporters. I, I watched the news over the weekend. And I'm, I'm done with reporters saying, what do you want President Trump to say? I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was, if it was Chuck Todd or George Stephanopoulos asked uh, Representative Ilhan Omar, what, what do you want President Trump to say? And, and the, the, the extended pause of her trying to think of something to respond to uh, was, was excruciating because the answer really to me is nothing. You know, right. it, it, he's better off just saying nothing at this point, which is what I hear they've decided he can't say anything good. So he's just
1: not going to say anything at all. Right. Which is probably why they decided that he wasn't going to give a speech.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's I, this expectation. I don't know. There there still seems to be an expectation that he can do something that smacks of, you know, presidentness. Mm Joe, it's like mm-hmm. what we were talking about with Jill. You know, who is the yeah. person who is going to lead? Who is the person who's going to, you know, say the thing that we all need? And it's just not him and it's not going to be him.
2: Well, you know, there is a kind of um, just not up to it aspect of all of this, isn't there? He's just oh, not yeah. up to it. You know, whatever definition we want to provide of leadership or being presidential. Although I do remember. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I've always held it a little bit against him. I think at the <laughs> first State of the Union address, Van Jones on CNN said he was very presidential. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and it thought, was sort of
1: shocking coming from him.
2: Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think there's a kind of Scheherazade to all of this, isn't there? You know, <laughs> how is he performing? Is he up to right. it? Why isn't he doing certain things? Well, let, let's kind of check the box and say not up to it not who we'd want in that position well you
1: know, yeah well, isn't that all tied into this whole the, the way in in uh, recent decades we've uh, as a society and a, a journalistic society has reported po- about politics it's all horse race and yes. it's all it's all image it's all the everyone's so into that game show quality of that um that sports betting quality right. to it that it it I don't think people even know anymore what presidential is to a certain extent. Because even with Obama, who I will assert, whether or not you agreed with everything he did, was presidential, behaved in a presidential manner, and got slammed for a lot of the ways he um, he showed restraint at times, and uh, uh, and it's it, it all seems sort of tied into me. It, 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 there, there's something connected about the fact that we can't we can't even say holy shit what did he that made no sense you know they, we yeah. can't it, it it yeah it's it 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 kind of boggles my mind that we are in this position and the fact that people still seem to want to find him meeting the moment like he's never going to meet the moment and yeah. Desp- yeah. especially once we turned into once we, we, we pivoted into the, uh, the the election season, he wasn't going to ever do that. And and what kind of question is that anyway? What do you want the president to say? I, I, I mean, that's that's way too. That's again, that's lazy. Ask a point. What do you think about when the president said this? Respond to this. Yeah. What would you say about this? Don't. Say, what do you want the president to say? I want the president to say, "I resign, motherfucker." <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. I mean,
0: yes. Thank you. What
1: kind of question is that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do
1: you remember who that was? Was that uh, just? Press it group? was.
0: It, it was one of the Sunday people
1: asked the question. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's oh, probably, so it was. A, it, was, know, was a round it, t- it was okay. probably Chuck Todd because you know Chuck there Todd. is probably not a worse interviewer on television than, than <laughs> Chuck Todd.
2: Yeah, I, I want a president who's going to look in the camera and saying, "Lying dog face pony soldier." That's what I want.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I found my man. It's, you know i tell, I tell Joe this I probably told Joe this story. I, to me, like being President of the United States is like being Batman. Yeah. It's about it's about understanding that that being President is not just an individual job. it's a it's a job that is you're a caretaker of for a while. Right. Uh, you know that's why when you address the President, you address him as Mr. President. Um, not by by name. And it's not just about respect for the individual. It's about respect for the office and the understanding that what you do has ramifications that are so far outside of yourself. Um, and there was a great series, a great part of the Batman series where, you know, his first Robin had gone off to, you know, find his own way, damn teenager, and he got another Robin. So he got another Robin, but he, he got another Robin like you'd get another puppy. And unfortunately, this Robin Robin dies, uh, you know, while they're off You know, Batmaning and Robining. So he decides he's never going to have another Robin again because he, you know, was carrying that guilt. And this kid figures out who Batman really is, and goes to him and says, "You need me to be Robin." He says, "No, no, I'm not going to be responsible for that before." And he said, "No, you don't understand. Robin is not about me. It's not about, you know, this kid who died. It's not about Dick Grayson. It's about Robin, the symbol. And Batman without Robin is not, is not the same thing." and to me that's the same thing as being
1: president right absolutely i didn't understand until just now that being president is part of the dc universe
0: it's part of the dc
1: universe hopefully
0: the movies will be better
1: yeah hopefully be better once they 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 fully embrace the responsibility they have towards society
0: yeah but that's an
1: but that's that's a very good point that's a very good point and it is part of the reason why I, i know that um even during the Bush administration, both Bush administrations, um, uh, there, there were times when, um, when my dad would lambast, uh, lambast the individual and the individual actions and come to points where he's like, I don't trust these people anymore, but fell short of some of the rhetoric I was starting to spout about, um, that, 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 that I had no power, so this, there was no danger or anything. But, but that, that came very that that essentially were disrespecting the office, and he helped me sort of come to the conclusion that the office is bigger than the person, and that you can, um, you can hate the actions and you can fight the actions, but don't, don't forget, be very very clear uh, that that if you're if you're if you're starting to actually um, fight the institution then that's something else altogether. And you have to be uh, be aware that that's what you're doing, you know? And, uh, and that was actually a great, that, that had a lot of, that had a huge effect on it. And when I act, when I really think about it, there has not been in my lifetime, um, an individual. And I, I pr- I'm guessing in any of our life of uh, anyone listening to this lifetime, a person who has actually endangered the office of the presidency, more than the person who inhabits it right now who occupies that office right now yeah um and that kind of changes the game in
0: my yeah. mind yeah 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 it undermines
1: the institution he's undermining the institution yeah. yeah so when i when i have people on twitter saying hey stop it he's your president uh <laughs> have some respect for the institution it's almost if i choose i i i engage on twitter way too much with trolls but um but, uh, that, that just makes me laugh. Well, really?
0: yeah. I mean, it's I, because, it's, I,
1: what, to what extent further am I denigrating the institution than he has?
0: Yeah. 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 Cause if you think back, I mean, say what you will about, you know, the two, the two Bush presidents. And I, I can say that I agreed with them on eh, probably nothing. Sure. But too. I never, I never once doubted that they thought what they were doing was in the best interest of the country at large.
1: Right, and I, and I think you and I would agree that, we, that that they had a fucked up version of what was good for the country.
0: But, Absolutely, yeah.
1: But it, they followed what they thought was good for the country. They weren't trying to dismantle right. the government.
2: And they treated the office with respect. Yeah, I couldn't imagine either Bush late at night sending out tweets or early in the morning, yeah. you know, uh, taking a run at you know. It, it particularly lost me when I saw how Trump was treating John McCain. There was yeah. something, yeah, not only cruel but uh, almost, for lack of a better way to say it, unpatriotic and anti-American. <laughs> you know, that is the way to say it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I prefer my. What was the exact quote? I prefer my heroes. I prefer soldiers who don't get captured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, somehow, that shit doesn't stick to him among a certain group that that absolutely should have stuck with. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, to me, 2016, and his continued support has has laid bare two things. One is the phrase. Never underestimate the American public. Fuck that. That's another. That's okay. That's another uh, <laughs> executive second order. Second order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Why laughs> to the list because that's bullshit. Will be on your uh, desk tomorrow morning. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sign that shit. Uh, and um, and it, we've long known that people don't act in their best interest. But the extent to which they're not acting in their best interest, and the the the, the actual issues that they seem to. Why didn't every person who ever served in the military turn against him right in that
2: moment? Yeah,
1: exactly. Why, why, I, why, yeah. How, how how is why? it possible? <laughs> and you know, and I have the question about evangelicals. How can evangelicals support this guy and think he was sent by God? And you see some of the videos of the way they they pray for him, and it's just it it's mind boggling. And the whole imperfect messenger thing. I sure, but you know, George George W. Strained that. I mean, he, given his past, um, but at least he had. There was a story there that it made sense in biblical terms. Not. I'm not trying to give him biblical status, but if you're if you're interpreting that it that way, a man who found his way and um, saw the light and became a better man, supposedly. Okay. But this guy, it 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 to to me it means that all they care about is the Supreme Court. All they care about are certain wedge issues. All they care about is style. They don't like us liberals. And I'm only saying this about myself, but they don't like us liberals because we're bleeding hearts and we're, we're soft and we like weird things. Um, and we're snowflakes. And it, it, it they like the bluster. They don't listen to what he's actually saying except a few things. And again, I'm not, I mean, whatever. Like. I, he he doesn't like brown people. And he he says people who misbehave against um who misbe- people who support the Confederacy and the Confederate flag and people who uh who espouse racial hatred, there's some fine people in there too. Yes, there were some bad actors, there were some bad apples, but there's some fine people in there too. They it, You get you get
0: fined for, for violating the early. I understand. Order. No,
1: you're right, we signed that one already. Yeah. It's just there's there's no there's no actual. I don't. I I, I've I now have ceased to believe that for a large segment of the right there is any actual conviction. Mm. Well, except for maybe one or two things. Except for having the Supreme Court. Except for being able to carry a gun and shoot whatever you want. Carry any kind of gun you want. Maybe those two things. Other than that, I think they've proven that the rest of it's bullshit.
2: Mm. You know, every every movie we've ever seen about the quintessential bully, and you wonder why people don't rise up in some way to confront the bully. It, you know, it right. ends up taking one person. I wonder if the president in some way represents the most extravagant, steroidal version of a bully. Mm. And for some people, it's disorienting to them. They, they just don't know how to choose, how to go about addressing the bully. So they either cower, uh, they retreat, they align, or it maybe amps themselves up to the darker angels of their own nature. But I wonder if bullyism is something that is just disorienting for most folks. You know, they just don't know where to go with it. And maybe it serves some people's needs to go along with it. But there's something inherently overwhelming about the president that I think almost shuts people down in certain ways. And I mean their internal circuitry, (laughs) how how to respond and what to do. I think volume is one of the
0: keys, you know, it's like like a fire hose of just viscerally disturbing behavior. It's a fire hose of just lie after lie after lie after lie. And, and, you know, and it's the thing that is concerning about it is because that, that is the, you know, that is the way we undermine our own reality. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you want to make people believe the sky is green and not blue, you feed them lie after lie after lie. You, you, you hit them so hard and so completely with just utter falsehoods Mm -hmm. that Eventually, people start to question their own reality. You hmm. can convince people that the sky is green just by overwhelming them with too many things for them to have to ferret out right from wrong, true from false.
2: Well, you you know, that's a great point, Eric. You you can bully the truth. Exactly. And, and into submission. You know, imagine <clears throat> imagine any bully we grew up with in middle school or high school, you know, Knock over your books while you're walking the hall. Look, I
1: apologized for that.
2: Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, wait a minute. Um, So, you know, there is a certain, to your very good point, getting sprayed with a fire hose, overwhelming the truth, bullying it into a place and a space, um, turning what might have been perceived to be allies into enemies. You know, the press is an ally of truth and the American public and transparency, turning that by being a bully into an enemy you know there's there's all kinds of interesting tactics i keep thinking here's somebody who grew up in the world of new york commercial real estate Yeah. so you know what's that dna producing and what would that look like if you gave him even more power and more influence yeah he may not respect the presidency but he certainly understands the power of it
1: Absolutely. he certainly will certainly yeah yeah. He understands the nature, the modern nature of power and influence. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he, I, I'm not going to use the G word for him, but, um, it rhymes with Enius. <laughs> um, he is, <laughs> he is very, very good at it. Uh, there's another thing about that, um, that, um, making people question their own reality. I, I long thought, and I think a lot of people long thought that now that we have cell phones and ubiqui- ubiquitous cameras, that. It was going to change things. A lot of negative, mm. a lot of negative things about it. But right. it's going to change things. But I actually think the final nail in that coffin is dependent upon the ubiquity of those lenses, mm. because you, it, the, what is if if you're able to, and they have been, if you're able to make people question what they've literally just seen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then you've fucked with reality completely. I, there's a, there's a video of, of some police officers who, um, ran through people in a barricade, um, you here welcome, in Brooklyn, right? And yeah. it is, a and it is a barricade that, um, was taken and moved to the center of the street and used. Um, but the police car did ram through them for about five, 10 feet. Um, And I was arguing, not to use my stupid dalliances in Twitter again, but I was arguing with somebody about what we saw. And the parsing of what, the parsing blew my mind. Just the ability for that person to see something completely different than what actually happened and Mm -hmm. argue the point strenuously. Um, I mean, I I think the first time we became fully aware of it was with Rodney King. And apparently the way they manipulated the way people saw the video and slowing it down and stopping and talking about each hit and the way the angle. And this was the moment when taking it out of context, because in context, there's no way that anyone would have acquitted those officers. I don't believe. Um, mm-hmm. And parsing it in a way, manipulating the video, they made people doubt what they actually saw. And that was the beginning of the end in a way. And then you know that was pre-internet. Mm. Um, then the internet age happened. Inter- it, the internet age hit.
0: Mm. I, I wonder I wonder with you know with our devices and with the Internet, our ability our ability to consume larger quantities at less depth? Uh-huh you know it, it, it gives us the ability to assume large quantities of information but, but at less depth. Mm-hmm. Like, does anybody read a newspaper anymore? Mm. I read four newspapers in college, right. Mostly because I was bored. No, I mean, but it, but there, but that's if you wanted to know what was going on, you had to read. And it's right. not that newspapers are inherently better deliverers of content than anything else is, but you know, the ease with which you can put something out in the world socially, virtually through the internet, makes it so much easier to get out whatever it is you want to say, right or wrong, true or false, uh, constructive or deconstructive. And we consume so much now that we don't have the ability to look beyond just what we see in a fleeting moment as we zip yep. our thumbs up and down our screens, scrolling through, you know, a picture of goats, you know, a half a mile from my house or, um, you know, somebody <laughs> talking about, about, you know, Antifa looting Target or some, some you know, some stuff like that. I just don't think that we, we have the ability or that... We've decided to give up the ability to to invest in depth into what we see and that makes it easy for us to be lied to and to construct alternate realities mm-hmm.
1: and on top of that, it's easy for us to never open open a periodical that dates me but never even access a <laughs> a, a news source that isn't something we've chosen to to um to subscribe to or look at i yeah. mean it's it's everything everything is is kate is catered to our bubble and our our way of thinking this isn't a new thought but um, and then within that we get to pick and choose i see that headline i see that headline and i I can't tell you how many times in the past few years i've said to people i just read the most interesting headline and so i got to read more on that but this is what it said and then there's a conversation based on no knowledge of of the topic i brought up right um
0: and then, i mean and what percentage sh- of the time is the headline have nothing to do with the article <laughs> yeah. you know because that's the thing now because you know what the headline's got to be it's got to be clickbaity so yeah you know it's a headline that gets people to stop for a second and how many times have you like looked at a headline and said, oh i'm gonna read that that sounds interesting yeah. and you're like look where the hell is this thing about The headline said the story was about it's not even there.
1: My wife is, um, for years I tried to get her Maureen, you know Carolyn, from our Oberlin days. Absolutely. Um, My wife is, uh, she's super smart and um, dancer and a a Marine ecologist and an activist. Um, But she reads the newspaper. We still get the New York Times, the hard copy. And um, she reads the paper. And I hold the paper for a long time and I read an article here and there and I really want to, I never want the print section, the print version to go out of, of to, to go out of existence. It just seems to exist, but I, I also don't really read a ton, except the art section. I carry that with me wherever I go. And I read everything else. I, I do clickbait, but she actually does. She rips out articles for me now and leaves them for me.
0: Oh yeah. Um,
1: yeah. She's like, you need to do exactly what you're saying we don't do anymore. She's like, you need to do this, and yeah. the the implicit message is you need to you need to read more deeply or think but like get rid of the distractions because every article I read online has even if I'm focusing on it in my periphery and my periphery is only like two inches over <laughs> yeah. here. Um, there's this yeah. it's like a bunch
0: of flashing lights and flashing ads lights and on and, yeah. signs, yeah. It's yeah, I'm Like if absorb. the article's too long online, I won't read it. I just yeah. ah, two paragraphs. Come on, I'm done.
1: I can't. One of the great things before the New York Subways um, became wired was great. I would I would clip articles with this this app called Ever Ever Clipper, Ever Note, or whatever. The yeah. thing it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, on my subway commute, which was often you know 45 minutes or whatever, I could read like two long form articles, and it was great. And now though now. I can make phone calls and I can check
2: Twitter. You're finished.
1: Oh, I'm done. I know that was the last bastion of my intelligence out the window.
2: Kelly, let me, let me also invoke and elevate the, the uh, status of your wife even more. Uh, she as a dancer won a Bessie award. She
1: did. Yes, she did. Um, but it was, it was huge. I, it, it it was like the back in the day, they did it like the Obies where yeah. um, uh, they didn't have nominations. They just they would tell someone who knew the winner to make sure that that person would show up. Otherwise, it could be embarrassing if all the winners didn't show up. And um, one of the great things was my wife's always she's she's an amazing dancer. Um, but she freelanced with a lot with tons of people never really settled down with a company because she had so many, she had so many different interests and styles and different people she wanted to work with. And so it was kind of unusual at the time for people who, uh, for the besties to, to honor someone like that. And it was for her body of work, Mm. which is pretty fucking great. And actually, I mean, I'm, I'm showing you guys, it's that on the wall behind me, it's that certificate. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, in any case yes she did she's um she's a she's a very accomplished answer. from
2: so we you know as we stare into the dark hole of all of this you know <laughs> riots over the past 48 hours the global yeah. pandemic our president um how are we feeling about joe biden
1: uh i mean i'm i'm going to work my ass off for him
2: i mm-hmm. i'll say
0: to you what i said earlier which is you know he is the first do no harm candidate and and i think there are enough people that would prefer that you know just don't Mm -hmm. don't mess up even just try not to hurt things you know don't don't even try to fix it just don't hurt it more (laughs) (laughs) you know and listen I, i mean you know uncle joe has reared his ugly head you know plenty of times in in the last couple of weeks but you know, I, I, again, it's, you know, when we go back to talking about other presidents, nobody doubts that his heart is in the right place. Nobody doubts that his intentions are pure. Nobody doubts that when he says he cares about someone, a group of people that he really means it. And, and, you know, we may not get all the things we want or all the things he need, but, you know, at, at least I think we can breathe. And I think for a lot of people, that's, that's what we
1: want, you know, yeah, and I think that the, I'm trying to do a lot of listening these days um, and one of the things I'm hearing from from communities other than mine uh, are that we like this guy and he's been there and he's proven himself and so yeah. look, he, we knew who he was. We knew that, I, I always had the thought that that his time, I really, I, I'm, I did not think he was going to be the nominee this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I'm, like I said, I'm going to support the hell out of him. There was a great article I read when everyone was trying to, when, two, three years ago, when people were like, he's the next one, we have to get behind him. It was like there's so many negatives about this guy. You're forgetting, he, he runs terrible campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, he he misspeaks a fair amount. Um, there are things that will come up that wouldn't have come up a few years ago. Like if he, I, I think his time was, if he was going to run, and I'm not advocating this, I'm just saying, I think his time would have been last, to come in late in the 2016 election. Mm. Less time for him to be vetted in a way by the press or to be to have his weaknesses ex, uh, exposed. Um, less time for him to, um to dissipate that excitement that would have come like oh my god he's coming he's a late he's a he's the dark horse candidate um it just i think a truncated electoral process would have been better for easier for him um this one's harder uh i still think that i, I Somewhat I'm, truncated I, I'm, by I'm, the
0: lack of campaigning right i mean nobody somewhat truncated campaign. by that
1: yeah and um Yes. Well, that's what yeah, the, that was essentially what I was going to say. And, um, it's, uh, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine uh, for me, him losing. So I, I guess mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine four more years of this. And yeah. so I, I don't know. I, I, I find myself lashing out at people who are saying there's no difference. And then just I wanna ask them, have you learned nothing? Have you Hmm. learned nothing in three and a half years? The people, there are people who said that there was no difference between Trump and Hillary. liberal people, leftist people. And I I, I just wanna say, she might not have been your, she wasn't my ideal, in terms of policy, she wasn't my ideal either. But how can you still today say that there was no difference?
0: And they make the same mistake all over
1: again. And they're making the same mistake all over again. Kelly, I just, you know, I it. I strafed that answer. There, there's an interesting,
2: there's an interesting question I want to ask you as an actor. Um, if you were given a role profile, and I'm going to describe Joe Biden a bit, loses his wife, loses his wife and daughter in a horrific car crash. Yeah. Ends up losing his son to cancer grows up as a stutterer, is mocked and made fun of. If you read any articles about his stuttering when he was a a young person and how he overcame it, um, you know, I have a lot of room for Joe Biden's irregular statements. Um, But when I read his profile, how would you as an actor, if you were handed his profile, think, (laughs) let, let me get into the knitting of this man in terms of understanding coming from these places of tragedy and challenge, you know, how, how would you think of him?
1: It's a good, that's a great question. Um, I don't have a very succinct way of approaching characters, character work, background work. So it's hard to answer that question in a way. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a sort of, it's not a scientific or, or, or verbal way of attacking it. But I certainly, if I, if I read this profile, there's a part of me that would thought, okay, a little overkill guys (laughs) with, with the sympathy. Um, because it, it, it is, when, when you list everything he's gone through, like you just did, it is, it is pretty remarkable and, um, and tragic. Um, obviously, but I I think the way I would approach it probably would be to figure out how this made me a good politician or a good statesman or or somebody who connected with people. Like, what about the history would make me uniquely, um, uh, empathetic Mm. which I think he actually is right. Um, very much. So he just sometimes has a problem with the way he phrases things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think that, that that, that's probably the way I would approach it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. So Kelly, I, one of the things I know about you is that you are a huge NBA fan.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it happens to be the Portland Trailblazers, but I'll 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 forgive you for that. Although, <laughs> What's your team? What's your team? Uh, well, I'm the, Yeah, I grew up in Cleveland. I, I'm a Cavs fan. Okay, no Cavs. I, I, I got my championship. Look, look. I'm not we gonna we're not going to get another one, but I got uh, one.
1: Okay, when, but when we were there, remember it was Mark Price, Brad yes. Doherty and uh, Ron Harper, and those nope. guys, and Br- and, uh, and Larry and Craig Nance, Larry Nance. Larry and Craig, Larry yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. those were great teams, and yeah. probably should have won. What's this? Probably should have won um, that first won round him. series. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, against Michael. But you know that was his first iconic moment. Anyway, yes. So yeah. I have a I have a huge soft spot for the cast.
0: All right. So I want to talk about sports <laughs> <men> <laughs> because um, you know we all remember when uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who also holds the distinction of being named most punchable face in high school, <laughs> uh, when he decided that the WWE. <laughs> was an essential business and mm-hmm. i don't know my first reaction was come on that's ridiculous but the more i think about it the more i think about um you know the more i think about the position of professional sports in in our society and in our life i, I wonder whether whether or not he's not right not on purpose i don't <laughs> think he's on purpose right <laughs> but 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 whether he's right that you know that that from a, a you know a social Social perspective, professional sports is an important part of keeping society together.
1: Well, entertainment, Um, I would, I would stretch, I would expand that to entertainment. Um, I I, I think that's possible. I just, look, if you can find a safe way to, um, to have sports reemerge, then, then I'm all for it. it. It is a distraction that, that can be, that can cross boundaries, can cross political boundaries and ideological boundaries and um and at least give people who might otherwise want to punch each other in the face as if they were santos um you know uh something to 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 bond over and i think that's not nothing
0: yeah that has nothing to do with our different ideologies who we might believe right. who we might support politically you know one right my Cleveland Browns score a touchdown you know i cheer with <laughs> yeah, my browns then, fans yeah. and sure. i don't know what you do on your own time <laughs> but right now you and me are buddies <laughs> you know, and uh, i don't know i don't know what else there is guys <laughs> right. No, I mean that, but that's also a shared experience, and I know we're not going to get well, that totally. I mean, you well, know, entertainment there was,
1: can generally. There was Tiger King at the beginning of the pandemic, was, but then yeah. that people, mm. but that, that seemed that faded really quickly. Yeah, because so like,
0: it got creepy in a hurry. Yeah,
1: I, now I didn't watch it because it seemed creepy to me from the beginning, and then I yeah. heard other people sort of coming around to that. And it's also, I think, the beginning of the pandemic. There was a different vibe. People were like, "Okay, this sucks," but at least there was there was enough of a percentage of how we felt about it that allowed for, okay, this is weird. And this is kind of, uh, <laughs> let's find this weird thing. And now everyone's like, this sucks. This sucks. Yeah. hundred thousand yeah. people are dead in America alone. Yeah. And we four botched months. this completely in four months. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I, think it's a little bit different, now. but yeah, I, 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 I agree. Look, I know some of the people from, um, from the AEW, the all elite wrestling, which is a, which is a, a a rival league and um what they're saying is they're doing everything they can to make sure that people are safe there there are no audience members and a lot of people are getting a lot of joy from it um so i i i, I i'm not going to say that i'm an expert and my okay that sounds cool um is in any way an endorsement i guess or or a lack thereof but i do think that there there's something to that
2: well you know as a As a Knicks fan, I'm hoping they suspend this season, next season, and the season after. (laughs) What will if you think
0: if you think Cavs fans have suffered? What do you think
1: about so? Okay, so the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard said, "If you don't give us a chance to legitimately win, if we're playing out these games without a chance to legitimately get in the playoffs, I'm not playing." And he got some shit for that. Um, What do you think about that?
2: I I think he got. I think it's right right on. on. I I did too. Oh, I don't. Oh gosh, you don't? No. No. Why? There are fans of the team. Uh I think the fans of the team need an escape or distraction that Mm -hmm. they can savor. And, hey, not make the playoffs or not. You know, 16,000 people showed up at the Garden every time the Knicks played. I'd watch the Knicks now knowing they're not going to watch the playoffs because I could use a little bit of that clear blue running water of my team on the court. That's interesting.
1: But what if there were a bubble team that – Given a normal a normal season, would have had a chance to make a run. They're not going to be able to make a run. They are literally just playing out a season four. I, mean, I can't even remember exactly what, but but there was no. no. They weren't giving them the chance to make it. They were no. saying you have to play filler. Basically, the Washington Generals to the uh, <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> Should a professional athlete, who's the face of a franchise, put themselves at physical risk to do that?
2: Well, I, I think it, if, if there's... <laughs> that the was a problem, very leading way
1: to phrase it, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> um, yes, no, could be. <laughs> Can I have a break, Your Honor? Um, uh, you know, I, if if I were Damian Lillard, I'd say, listen, I, I hope the NBA does right by us. I hope our owner who's on the board of governors or is going to be part of the decision-making body seeers, you know, sees clearly on this. But you know what? We're going to hit the court for the fans whether we make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, have a chance to make the playoffs. Hopefully better minds than mine will figure this out. I have an opinion. Let me offer it. But you know what? We're going to hit the court because it's for the fans.
1: Okay. That's interesting. As a, I, I, that is really, and that's a valid, that's a valid yeah. argument as, as yeah. a fan. My, this, me as a mm-hmm. fan, am I angry that that may might be the way they go when we did have a chance. And now yeah. we're not being given a chance because arbitrarily they're saying, no, these teams, whatever
2: it is. But, Kevin, so, you have to remember you're, I getting, this, wanna, you're getting this I from a Nick fan who's been I anesthetized. Yeah. Look, anesthetized I, I, from making the playoffs. So to look, me, it's I all, loved <laughs> the Knicks for years. I was a huge Pat Ewing fan
1: because I grew up uh, half my life in D.C. And so Pat Ewing was my wow. guy. You know, I, I I loved Reggie Williams, Reggie and the Miracles, you know, yeah, all those guys. Yeah. So. Anyone who trans who went there to to, to the Knicks and that, actually Ewing being in New York uh, coincided with my first time in New York. Oh, there you so go. So I love those teams.
0: Yeah, uh, and Allen yeah.
1: Houston and Spreewell, even though I don't. know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know we got to wrap up. I I, I think it's right beyond
0: now. the time we have for today. I mean, I, <laughs> okay. but I do think I do think what what. What uh, um, he's pointing out, though, is actually a structural problem with the NBA altogether. Because, from from my taste, I don't find the regular season interesting at all.
1: Oh, okay. Could we talk about that? <laughs> and, and some of this, I, think, I, assume... I thought you had
0: to go, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I do.
1: Oh, fuck, I do. <laughs> uh, okay, but but okay. So here, I I completely agree, and no one will ever agree to this because there's too much money involved. There should be. It should be a 50 game season, maybe a 60 game season, because there's no. No one cares about the product yeah. until you get halfway through until the Until their stakes, yeah. Until their stakes, it's just it's too long. Yeah. And I and I know the argument that the arguments, the one argument I'd never thought of before was that from the players' union argument that they don't that, that teams will need fewer players because they won't be in it for the long haul. They won't need as many as many warm bodies. And that's not a denigrating thing. Look, anyone who makes an NBA roster is one of the best players, NBA player, right. basketball players in the world. But they won't need as many people, and so there'll be people out of work. I just think it, there's, it, it's a fundamentally flawed structure. That the games don't matter as much. It's a great game when it's played for stakes.
0: When it's played for stakes, I think. Here's what I think. I th- I'm going I'm to see your 50 games, so I'm going to raise you something. I think they should run the season like they do the World Cup in soccer. Divide all the teams up into into essentially different brackets and do pool yeah. play. Yeah. And right. then go to a tournament from there. And but have the pools be meaningful enough that they and everybody can make it to the final tournament. Okay. It's just a question of where you slot in the in your in your initial rounds is where you get seated. And maybe the top teams get a couple of round by before they get into the final tournament. But that way, at least the regular season you're playing for something. And then you get into a tournament and everybody has a chance to make it, you know, almost like, uh, you know, almost like they do March Madness. But we'll It's them. not
1: bad. We'll it's not, not bad. Time and it crazy. does. And, and the other thing. Uh, uh, so Howard Beck who's a Bleacher Report guy, NBA guy. Yeah. Uh, I've argued this with him a number of times on his podcast, but he brings up a legitimate point, which I think ultimately shouldn't matter, although I get why it does. But what, where do the records stand then? You know, how do we measure greatness? Because we're obsessed with measuring who the greatest is. Look at all the MJ versus yeah. uh, LeBron. Um, LeBron. LeBron stuff yeah. now. Kevin like, Debra. we're obsessed with it. Like, where do the Warriors... Well, we can't even
0: do it now, though. We can't, you no, can't but measure we, it because the game is different
1: already. We The game's different, but the numbers are the same. It's 48 minutes.
0: Yeah. And I, see, the I don't rules think the change. numbers I mean, are the same because I think now the game is played to the three-point line where it never was.
1: Totally. No, totally. But that but and that's, that's part the numbers. fun of the argument. Yeah. yeah. They're saying like yes, but Michael could have done that, or Terry Porter could have done that, or World Be Free could have done that when he was Lloyd free. Like it but that still fits in the narrative. If you if you all of a sudden cut a third of the games out of the season.
0: So take so take the cumulative yeah. statistics out and it's uh, he was a uh, you know minute. Michael Jordan per, was a thirty one I don't know, I'm making numbers up. This yeah. guy was a thirty one point per game, ten rebound guy. This guy you know,
1: mm-hmm. Russell.
2: Russell. Or,
0: you can compare. You can compare based on game statistics.
2: That compare like based on like, per yeah. thirty six. You know, well, like do I, if you, why do I have a feeling of some of the people who started listening to this podcast are deciding to? Oh, I don't know, like put on hunters with Al Pacino or something. <laughs> <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> or, or unorthodox. Yeah. You know? yeah. we, we kind of <laughs> took a
0: turn there,
1: didn't we?
2: We, we did. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I
2: do have You're to welcome. go, but. Uh,
1: Thank you hey, so much awesome. for, uh, for coming on. <laughs> thanks really thanks for having me. Really fun, guys.